Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is AppSats Radio, help for partners after sexual betrayal. We talk about it here. Betrayal trauma. We are AppSats certified clinical partner specialists and coaches who have been trained to help navigate you through this crisis. There is nothing we won't talk about. Sometimes listeners want to know about triggers. I was dealing with the aftermath of my husband's affairs, and he still works the same job that he did when he was acting out. It's a job that allows him to hide his goings on and one that he stated was the previous trigger for his acting out. The whole 16 and a half years we've been together, he's acted out. In the beginning, what I thought it was was just pornography. Um, it ended up being, I found out two and a half years ago, he had been with multiple prostitutes. I only found out a very small portion of that until about a month ago. How do you cope with all of that when you still have to deal with unavoidable triggers? Well, of course you would feel traumatized by hearing all that information. And I got to tell you, Stephanie, that's a staggered disclosure. That's finding out little bits and pieces about your husband's behavior throughout a time period, making you feel insecure, unsure, and unsafe. So what we got to do is set up a situation whereby you get with a specialist to do a formal disclosure so you can hear everything at one time in a safe environment. Well, I'm going to say, welcome to a holiday weekend. Okay, it's only Thursday, but a lot of you have already taken time off. And you may be out mowing the lawn. It could be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday of Memorial Day. And I just want you to know that as a partner, you have to decide that you're going to enjoy life no matter what has happened to you. And that doesn't mean that you ignore your feelings, but it does mean that you choose to focus on things that will help to neutralize the trauma of partner betrayal. And that means that you notice your kids as they're playing, your grandkids as they're hanging out with you. You notice how good the water feels on your body as you're leisurely floating in the pool, in the lake, or in the ocean. I mean, it is up to you, and I can't emphasize how important it is to choose, that's going to be our word for today, to choose what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you're experiencing. I thought very clearly that, you know, it's absolutely okay for you to figure out with your therapist or your coach how to externalize and process anger and rage and depression and sadness and, and loneliness. Those feelings are real, and I'm not asking you to suppress them. 
But if you're having a hard day, I want you to take a few deep breaths and then say to yourself, okay, I've had enough of this pain for right now. I've been, I've been writing about it. I've been talking about it. Now what I need to do is decide what I'm going to focus on that brings me joy or brings me happiness. Because I know you want that. I absolutely know you want that, and you know what? You need that. And you may be fearing that you won't find it, but you can find it in the simplest of things. That being said, I actually had a man write this show, and he said, I have a question for you, and I'm almost embarrassed to talk about it. And then he explained that he didn't know how in the world he was going to be able to recover. I just dropped my paper. Hold on. He sent me this email. He didn't know how he was going to be able to recover from an ongoing recovery problem. Now, I, of course, told him, you need to be talking to the guys in your 12-step meetings. Um, Not that I don't want the question. I do. But I believe that it can be helpful for addicts to get a lot of different opinions. And then they, just like you, need to intuitively sense which might be the right answer. So I forewarn you, this could be a bit triggering. But it is an issue for many men, and so you might as well hear it. Maybe you can even check in with your husband, fiancé, or boyfriend and find out if he has this issue too. First of all, we'll call this man Sam. Sam says, Dear Carol, thanks for the work you do. I listen to the show because it helps me understand what my wife is going through. And it's triggered in me an ongoing issue that I feel very unfaithful about. I'd love to hear you address this question on your podcast and if you know of any resources that might be helpful. The question is, How can one keep from fantasizing about other women while having sex with their wives? Okay, so Sam's really saying, how can I stop fantasizing about other women when I'm having sex with my wife? He says, the reason I'm asking is that I was married for five years and always struggled with fantasizing about other women when having sex with her. I know this is selfish, but I used it to prolong an erection and also to be able to reach climax. But it has caused me great guilt. And I know it's wrong. I know it not only objectifies the other woman, but in addition to that, it's cheating on my wife. Now, I have been separated for three years and really hoping 
to dating once we are divorced. I'm hoping for a second marriage. If I am fortunate for this to happen, I really do not want to do this to the next person. I'd rather be focused on the woman I'm with, but I fear that this is going to be an ongoing problem. Please help. Well, I don't know about you, but I think Sam sounds like he has some good insight. He knows it's wrong. You never want to have the ghost of another woman in your bed with your wife. Now, I don't know if these other women are other women that he knows or if they are women that he has viewed with pornography. It really matters not because what he should be doing is focusing on his wife with his eyes wide open. An addict should never have closed eyes because it's too easy to slip back into old behaviors. So his eyes should be wide open and he should be talking to himself. He should be telling himself how lucky he is to have a woman who has gotten through this with him. He should be saying how much he loves his wife, how long they've been married. You know, I get that these two are separated and may be divorcing, but, you know, he's not only afraid for the current relationship, but he's also fearful of the next one. And that's smart because if it's happening in this relationship, it will happen in another. So he needs to have his eyes wide open. He needs to talk with himself. And then he even needs to work on talking to himself about the sensate experience that he's having when he's with her, how it feels, how good her skin feels, how pretty she is, how warm and soft her skin is, the temperature, you know, really experiencing all the senses, and that would include what he sees, what he feels, what he smells, what he tastes, and what he touches. Well, that's the feels, isn't it? What he hears. And when you experience sexual activity from that place, it's much easier to become and stay aroused. Now, the truth of the matter is, Sam, if you were in my office right now, I'd be saying, What's wrong with your erection, and why aren't you um, having an orgasm? Is that because you've contaminated your brain with pornography, and you've trained your brain to only like that? And I would make sure, Sam, that you were not looking at any visual images anyway, anyhow, anywhere. And it wouldn't just be pornography. It would be don't look at bathing suit pictures. Don't clickbait on cheerleaders. Don't uh, grab your wife's Victoria's Secret magazine. I would be doing all those things to have him learn how to refocus and retrain his brain. So, Sam, 
talk to your 12-step group, talk to your counselor, read some books on healthy sexuality, and I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for writing in and getting clarification because you and I both know that wasn't working for you to be fantasizing about anybody else. Now, today I have a woman who is our expert on emotional abuse, and she's going to be talking about the devastating effects that it has on partners. And so what I know to be true is that abuse comes in many, many different, different, I don't know, spheres, ways, places. I mean, you know, I just had a partner the other day whose husband said, you know, I really need to understand why you're getting so heavy. And that absolutely devastated her. That's right. So we're going to be talking to this expert so that she can actually help us to understand emotional abuse and what what she would advise partners to do when that happens. And so I'm so excited to be talking. Are you taking callers? Oh, I'm not. I'm so sorry. But it sounds like you really would have loved to have talked. We'll figure out a way to do that next time. So, Raquel, I am so happy to have yes. you on the show. You're talking about something so very important. Can you um can you talk a little yes, bit about you know, a little bit about yourself and and why you decided that this was an important topic for partners? Um sure. Um, thank you, Carol. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, yeah, so I am uh, a, a betrayal trauma coach, and I currently do coaching for Bloom for Women. Um, I um, uh, have a bachelor's degree in marriage, family, and human development, um, and then did training as a life coach. Um, I started that about seven years ago. Um, and then it was just my uh, my own experience as a partner and um, diving into the research of things the way that we often do. Um, and eventually the opportunity presented itself to do a coaching specific to um, betrayal trauma. And then I just started, um, just pursued um, specializing in that. Um, but something that I have become really passionate about just from my own uh, journey of healing um, is um, just bringing uh, maybe complex or difficult topics to light um, mm-hmm. and trying to do that as soon as possible in the process just because I know in my own experience that um, it, it took time and and so I, I I feel like I'm passionate or have just passionate about um, being able to alleviate suffering and especially unnecessary suffering. And we know that that journey. Um, and so um, things like emotional abuse, um, and I'm going to reference um, uh, Dr. Omar Minwala's um, work, um, The Secret 
sexual abasement. Um, and I, I hope I do that properly. You can help me with that, Carol. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just mainly, just I think that knowledge is such an intricate part of healing, and that some of these things, like abuse, like addiction. Uh, like enmeshment, like mental illness that can be a part of this journey um, are not always well understood or at least not universally. Like uh, universally, like we we know that a partner or a couple um, can seek help and not necessarily get the same information. One of the more destructive parts of the journey is not having the knowledge. So I feel like I'm really passionate about um, bringing those issues to light so that partners can have the language um, to be able to describe their trauma. I feel like that's um, really important to the healing process um, so that they can be heard and so that they can have a way to articulate and find find help and support um, by being able to have a language to describe what they've experienced. And so I know for me, one of the really um, uh, critical things was coming into contact with good, reliable information, good resources, um, and those things that resonated with me as true or um and so I'm just hoping to um, uh, to share some of that today. Um, did I even answer your question, Carol? <laughs> yes, you did absolutely, so obviously you know uh, you got into this field because you had a passion for partners, and you really believe mm-hmm. that in well work is so helpful in understanding abuse in general. I mean, he really is the go-to for helping sex addicts realize when they are, unfortunately, um, abusive. Now, describe, mm-hmm. if you would, what do you see as emotional abuse? Yeah, so the reason why I chose to focus on that um, um, like Dr. Minwala uh, describes that as part of the collective unconscious, which I feel uh-huh. like is really important to understand in their own healing, um, is to know that some of this very unique, uh, I don't know how to say it, unique forms of trauma, like you were just saying right before I got on, um, that uh, like I mentioned, that there, that understanding that not everyone is going to acknowledge or have the ability to acknowledge, validate, um, uh, or even help with. Um, but I think that if partners can have that understanding um, and know that that uh, that that's the case, that um, I think it would it can be a lot less. Uh, distressing to just even understand, okay, not everyone is going to be able to help me with this, but that doesn't invalidate my experience, and I can still continue to seek sources of help. So 
things that I'm referring to um, as emotional abuse are some of the things that partners will already be familiar with, um, um, uh, things such as um, uh, gaslighting, um, uh, blaming, uh, uh, and and something that Manuela talks about is how um, just by virtue of the deception, so uh, his model is called the secret sexual basement, and there uh, he uses the words deceptive sexuality, and so just the 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 mere hiding um, and the deception that is involved um, in and of itself abusive. Um, uh, and so, and he has a, a, a several lists included in uh, that paper, uh, several lists for, that people can look to to help identify um, that emotional abuse because it can be difficult um, to identify. But again, things like, um, uh, you know, not disclosing um, important uh, information or information that could put a partner at risk, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, lying, um, the table turning, uh, gaslighting like I already mentioned um, just you to know, name a few Go ahead. yeah I believe Raquel that obviously that is our position too at AppSats I mean first of all Omar yes. Manuela was one of our founding board members and he developed yes, some he curriculum that we currently use and and he yes. believes partners should n- never be deceived and when you're in that sacred yes. relationship you know, of a marriage or an engagement or an exclusive relationship that the person should never hold secrets that um, disconnect the partner from him. And so he does call that abuse. And for our audience, you know, obviously you may be thinking about abuse and you may be saying, well, that's not beating somebody or it's not, being overly critical and and slamming her or putting her down. But the truth of the matter is there's many, many forms of of abuse. And and partners, by virtue of the sex addiction, they have been abused. Now, I'm going to ask you, because you've really done some work on this, and I know that you believe that there are three things that you want our listeners to take away from this interview that will benefit them. Can you share those three things? Sure, sure. Thank you for that. Um, uh, Yeah, so I just wanted, I just felt really passionate about being able to give something now that can be helpful to partners, Um, you know, whether you recently had discovery um, or you're, uh, you know, into this some years or whatever it might be, just three things that I think can be a really helpful foundation and things that can help now. Um, and so first is um, not in any particular order, but just tools for healing, um, which that's where the self-compassion and meditation, where I'll touch on that 
Um, second is the knowledge, which we've kind of started out with. So just like I mentioned, just reliable sources of information. Um, uh, and um, three, support. Um, and, and this isn't anything that people necessarily will not be aware of, but I just felt like I wanted to be able to give something that listeners could could walk away from this interview today and feel um, receive some help in that sense. And so, um, yeah. So, like I said, so we've already touched on the knowledge piece, and the reason why, in particular, I brought up uh, Dr. Omar Manuela is I just uh, finished a training. Um, with his model, and so it, it's fresh on my mind, and and um, and uh, it was something that I grew even more excited about as a result of the training, and so that's why I shared that in particular, and because, like I said, I think it brings to light um, some of these things that we don't talk about as uh, as as readily, and that that in and of itself is empowering and gives um, partners a language to be able to talk about their trauma, that it's validating and can uh, help uh, give the understanding that, um, that there is not a universal consensus for their experiences and that hopefully that will be helpful as they go out there and seek help. Um, well, and, and so then, can I um, ask you, Dr. Yeah, go ahead. I'm curious, sure. self-compassion can mean so many things. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know that the antidote to partner betrayal, in part, mm-hmm. is intentional self-care. So how would yes. you describe self-compassion? Yes, no, that's a great question. And, and again, um, for self-compassion, I will be referencing um, Kristen Neff and Chris Grammer's work. Um, I'm sure there are other um, resources as well, but that's just the one that I have spent the most time on. Um, and that's where I've gotten those definitions. But um, a informal definition of self-compassion is being able to treat ourselves with the same kindness as you would a good friend. Um, and I have presented on self-compassion at like retreats and just have done exercises with the women there um, to uh, with the person next to them. And so just allowing them to see that by nature, we it's easier for us to demonstrate compassion toward another person than it is toward ourselves. And so that we often can learn um, and develop self-compassion by by taking the time to think about how we would treat a friend. Um, and And then in identifying that, then trying to treat ourselves in that same manner and that it just tends to be more natural to us to um, to feel that self-compassion naturally towards someone else um, versus ourselves. Um, but she does a more formal 
or actually I think this is Kristen, um, they do, she does have a more formal um, definition um, that has like three elements. Um, uh, first, it's the ability to be able to ask, um, what do I need um, in the moment now? And then, and then being able to provide that for ourselves. Um, uh, you know, whether that's um, uh, being tired, um, uh, hungry, worn out, in need of emotional support, um, uh, you know, in pleasure or a break, uh, just being able to identify and then, and then um, willing and able to provide that for ourselves. That's number one. Um, number two is just the recognition of common humanity. Um, so she just references that that often when th- when something goes wrong, when when we are experiencing a hardship um, and suffering, that often our first thought will be um, something has gone wrong, and that that uh, in and of itself. Um, creates a powerful sense of isolation um, and, uh, and that we feel that we're alone in our suffering. Um, and so common humanity, um, and there's some details if you look into her work, um, is just taking a different perspective and, and being able to, uh, to think about it in a different way, like, essentially what happens like when we come together as partners and when we talk about this as partners, um, it is less isolating because we can identify that there is, this is an experience that is common to humanity and that there are others feel the way that we do, that suffer in the way that we do. And so it's just encouraging that same shift um, from uh, something something has gone wrong and the isolation to uh, a a view uh, that is more uh, like common humanity. Um, And then number three um, uh, is just uh, involves um, mindfulness. And she talks about mindfulness as being a foundational part of self-compassion and, and, uh, an example of what that would look like is, for example, uh, validating our feelings. Um, so being able to, for example, uh, being able to say, um, this is really hard right now. Uh, being able to be with our emotions and uh, validating those to ourselves and uh, in turn, being able to be with those difficult emotions um, and and with those difficult circumstances in our lives. Um, does that help? Well, absolutely. And I do believe that this is the same woman that Brene Brown references and says she is the queen of self-compassion. I mean, she's done lots and lots yes. of research on Yes. And she's been able to identify those very important factors that you just mentioned. So thank you for that. Um, and, and, you know, again, when we think of compassion, we typically think of 
kindness and understanding. And with you saying that it's so important to take perspective, I mean, again, Brene Brown says that that's what empathy is. It's taking perspective of mm-hmm. the situation mm-hmm. and putting yourself in that person's shoes. So empathy, compassion go hand in hand. And let's face yes. it, we know that partners can be awfully hard on themselves because of all that trauma yes. that they've been through, let alone yes. if somebody inflicted additional trauma upon them. So I just really am glad that you were able to clarify that. That is so very important. And, you know, I know that self-compassion work in in the healing process can really, um, I don't want to say undo, but it can really modify the level of abuse that somebody carries with them. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we both know that the body does keep score. So when there's been all this abuse, yeah. a person's mind mm-hmm. and psyche has been affected, but their body and their soul has too. And so it's so important for our partners to really be kind to themselves as, again, an antidote um, to the abuse that they've experienced. Now, yeah, in regards to yeah, go ahead, go ahead and tell us, because obviously you talked about that secret sexual basement and, and deceit and withholding, you know, things that addicts do naturally to preserve their addiction. Um, yeah. Go ahead and tell us where our partners can turn for resources to practice self-compassion. I mean, what can they do? You said you work for an organization, Bloom. Tell us about that. Yes, yes um, certainly. Yes, yeah, so um, uh, Bloom for Women is the online platform for adult recovery. Um, and adult recovery may be something that, uh, more listeners are familiar with, but you're right. There is um, there is a content library um, on Bloom that people can uh, subscribe to. Um, it's a free free subscription, and you have access to the courses um, that are stored there. And there is um, actually in that content library. Um, uh, self-compassion, uh, Brene Brown's uh, um, shame, uh, you know, Brene Brown's work, um, and then self-compassion, reference to Kristen Neff, and lots of other uh, resources that are um, uh, designed for the partner as well as there is information there for couples and families as well. Um, and uh, Bloom offers a group and individual coaching um, for women, and um, and that's something that you can subscribe to. Um, in addition, uh, you know that would be through your. It's something that you can subscribe through additionally, if that makes sense. But having access to that content library um, is is free. So yeah, does that. 
Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's definitely some extra support and some extra resources. Yeah. And, and you know, know that if people want to find out more about your study and, and your um, support, they can contact yes. you at Raquel, R-A-Q-U-E-L, dot, a catalyst for change at gmail.com. That is your email address, right? Yes, yes, yes. And even if it's easier to remember, they can do um, Raquel at bloomforwomen.com, um, just in case that first one is, is difficult to remember. But, yes, um, I, um, uh, along with working for Bloom, I also have um, a private practice, The Healer's Art, um, and I um, also do coaching myself. Um, and so whether you're just interested in some of the resources that I mentioned, um, please feel free to reach out. I'm happy to um, share that information with you. Um, and I'm also available um, for coaching and provide one-on-one -on -one coaching um, as well as uh, group coaching. And uh, like I said, include some of these topics like meditation, mindfulness, and self-compassion, as well as some of the difficult topics of emotional abuse, um, things like um, narcissistic abuse and, and, and enmeshment and just some of these topics that aren't as readily uh, talked about. So if that's, um, uh, whether or not that's your situation, just uh, knowing that those are things that um, that I'm familiar with and uh, have some understanding of and include in, in my work. So. Oh, ex excellent. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to have to come back on the show and talk about some of those things like and which isn't necessarily a correlate to partner betrayal, but oftentimes we find that in the relationship of couples when somebody is enmeshed with their parents or someone else yes. in their life. Yes, yeah. yes. And the, the family the family dynamics or like the mother enmeshed men, which which Bloom actually has an amazing um course available there by by John Taylor um on mother enmeshed men. So if if that is an interest that is also available there. Well and I have a colleague and he is a stat like myself and can add, and he's written three books on yes. mother-son enmeshment, and so yes. I'd highly recommend yes. him too. Yes. And All John, right, John Taylor. I believe, oh, sorry. I believe he studied with Ken. So yeah, absolutely. Well, it's obvious that you not only have a passion for this stuff, but that you also do your research and you get trained by some of the best. So. I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know time was really pressed, and and um, and please come back and share some more um, about these topics that we know all partners need to know more about. Thanks again, Raquel. Yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. I, I would love to come back. We'll see you next time. Bye. It's a deal. All right. So, obviously... Self-compassion is something I want you to work on for the week. 
you know I, I'm usually saying intentional self-care is something I want you to work on for the week. But I want it to be self-compassion. Interestingly enough, I'm taking a um, mindfulness course on addiction and partner betrayal. And what it really is boiling down to, and it's so hard to do. I've been doing my exercises, and it is so hard to do. But it is self-compassion. It's being gentle with yourself. And it's also obviously slowing everything down so that you can be in the moment and you can really enjoy what is. And we know that for partners, a lot of your thoughts are either in what happened to you or what you fear will happen again. And so I was so excited to take this course because I thought, oh, this is really going to help my work with addicts. And then I found out that it was as heavily influenced um, for the help for partners as it was sex addicts. And I said, wow, I hit the gold mine here. I can help both sex addicts and partners and, and help myself in the process. You know, whatever we, whatever we uh, attempt to learn, we usually need to teach ourselves just the way it is. So this week I've been struggling because I, I'm struggling because I stay really busy and love to create and the mind needs to rest. It needs acute focus and it needs to slow down. And so that's my own personal struggle because, you know, I just can't get enough. Um, I can't get enough hours in the days to do everything that I want to do. So you'll be hearing more about how I am doing less. I'm actually leaning into retirement. I'm not taking new clients. I'm, I'm focusing on teaching more people instead of less. I'm doing more workshops, more groups. And I am trying to work more efficiently. And that gives my brain time to rest. And I love that. I challenge you to do it with me because we're all in this together, aren't we? All right, that's it for today. And again, for the gentleman that wanted to ask a question, um, feel free to email me at carol at carolthecoach.com. And if I know that you have a question and I have your phone number ahead of time, Um, I can be prepared to take your call and answer it accordingly. You're listening to Betrayal Recovery Radio. This show is sponsored by APSAT. That's A-P-S-A-T-S dot org. And as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times. You are so special. You are so precious. You are so loved by so many No matter if your main love was shattered, there are lots of people, including the universe, including your God, that love you. So fearlessly have the courage to be yourself, and we will see you next week. Again, for more information about betrayal, 
recovery from abscess. 